Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I am your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. And as always, I am so excited to have you join me today with my guests because our job every single week is to enlighten you, to educate you, empower you, ignite you and inspire you to live a fearlessly authentic life. Because if we are not living in our truest life without fear, then what are we doing here? Believe me, I spent so many years in that place. And that is why I named the show Fearlessly Authentic and why I bring on guests that have been fearlessly authentic and are continuing to inspire other people and help other people. So we don't get stuck in that fearful place because it is not a great place to be. We have all been there. And my guest today is going to share her story with us. And it is a great story. I can't wait to share her with you. But before I introduce her, um, I wanted to remind you to review, rate, subscribe, to my show, Fearlessly Authentic, anywhere you listen to podcasts. I think you can leave a review on Apple. I still don't know all of that stuff, but I'm pretty sure you can. And also, I want to thank everybody from around the world for listening every single week. I really appreciate it. And I love to hear from you. And lastly, I wanted to talk about Sakara. So I started this journey with Sakara, a plant-based company that delivers food to your door and also has other products to ignite your metabolism. And this has made a big difference in my life. And I wanted to share my code with you to get 20% off on your first purchase. So it's XOJody and you get 20% off on your first purchase. Go to Sakara.com. That's S-A-K-A-R-A.com. Try the metabolism powder. If you are having a few issues, losing weight, gaining weight, whatever it is that you want to do, you just want to feel better in your body, try that metabolism powder. It will make a big difference. And that is it for today. And now I get to introduce my amazing guest, Nicole Mitchell. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I am so excited about what we're going to talk about today. It is... um, a great story. I'm so excited to share it with everybody because it is just exciting. You know, I have a lot of people on the show and everybody does have an exciting story, but you are so um, vibrant, beautiful, sexy, um, and, and intelligent, you know, all of those beautiful things you, um, really embrace everything that is strong and beautiful. And I just can't wait until we get right into it. But before we do, I just want to um, introduce you properly to our listeners. Nicole Mitchell has gone viral as the pastor turned stripper and is one of OnlyFans top creators. She's also a life coach and helps her clients and course students reclaim their power, sexuality, and money-making ability. Having gone from food stamps to six-figure months, she uses her expertise to help people create the life of their dreams 
by making money doing what they love. She's been interviewed and published in over 25 countries, has 200,000 organic followers on Instagram, and is becoming the go-to expert for learning how to live a life of self-expression and massive profit. Nicole has been featured on Jimmy Kimmel, New York Post, ABC, Fox, Cosmopolitan, iHeartRadio, and Sirius XM. Welcome again, Nicole. An amazing story. So congratulations on all your success and for being so fearlessly authentic. I mean, really, like just amazing. So let's start from, you know, not your childhood, really, but let's start from when you, what what drew you to become a pastor? Yeah, you know, what's so funny about my story is, you know, this, the sensationalism lies in the pastor becoming a stripper. But the very first like scandal I did in my adult years was actually become a pastor because in the, the denomination I was raised in, women were not allowed to be leaders. Women were not allowed, definitely not allowed to be pastors or preachers in any way. Our job was to serve behind the scenes and have babies and make food. So when I grew up and decided to become a leader in the church, that was a big scandal. And I got a lot of kickback for that. And I remember saying to someone very close to me at the time, who's really upset about my decision to become a pastor. And I said to her, can we just agree that I just want to tell people that God loves them and I'm not selling drugs or being a stripper, which is hilarious because now I'm eating my words, but like (laughs) that itself was a scandal. But ever since I was little, I've been a natural born leader. I care about people. I care about helping people. I thrive in front of large groups of people. Um, And it's so funny, whether I'm being a pastor or, you know, a sex worker, it's this, there's a performance to it. Um, And I love that. But because I grew up in the church, the church was the only place I knew where I could express that side of me. I had no idea that I would be doing what I am today. But yeah, becoming a pastor in itself was a scandalous thing. I did not know that at all. So it was mostly for men. So I grew up only. only. So I grew up Jewish. Um, I'm still Jewish. And uh, for a while, I was at an Orthodox synagogue. Um, because my ex-husband's family was a member there and blah, blah, blah. And the men and the women sat separately and the women really had no rights. You know, they couldn't get up there on the altar. They couldn't be, um, have bar bat mitzvahs there or anything like that. It was only for men. So I, I understand, even though you were a different religion, um, what that was like. So how not to get deep into it, but how did you overcome that obstacle? Like you just said, I, I want to, I want to do this. So how are you allowed to do it if it was mostly men? Right. It, it required a lot of, or it, it involved a lot of trepidation. I was terrified even as I was doing it because I knew it was going against everything I was taught. So the way it became possible for me was in my late 20s, my then husband introduced me to my very first church that taught gender equality, which is like crazy. That's even a thing in the 21st century. I agree. All genders are equal. I don't know how that's an issue, but whatever. Um, So when I went there and discovered this church, it was like an oasis in the desert. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh my gosh it's actually possible for me to like rise up in my leadership and to use my public speaking skills and to like serve my people. Like 
I was ravenous to express the side of myself I had to keep very contained and boxed in to please the men and leaders in my life. So it, was, it just became the context. And it even ties into my story now. Like I had literally had to pack up and leave the Midwest and move to the West Coast to give myself the context where it was possible for me to become an adult worker, sex worker, nude model, whatever you want to call me. Our context greatly influences who we become. And once I experienced that in the church, I realized, wow, for massive change to happen, yes, it's an inside job 1000%, but we also have to pay context that supports us in our becoming. You know, I love that it has always been you as a leader, knowing that you have that leadership role, knowing that you have this incredible desire to express what is in your heart and in your mind to help change the lives of others as in your intro to reclaim your power. And in this case, it, in every case, you know, to reclaim your sexuality, you may not have talked about that as a pastor um, or money-making, but that's what brought you along in this journey because you realize you did have that ability to be that strength. Mm -hmm. And so many women don't think that they could be something more Mm -hmm. because they still live in that archaic, like man's world. And you were there to help them. I am so glad you brought that up because When I started to become a pastor, that's all I knew. That was the end goal. I had no concept of what I do today, right? But that just shows you every step we take in the direction of our truth leads us where we're ultimately meant to be, even if we are completely unaware where that location is. So I share that because I want to encourage women listening to the show and anyone who's listening to the show that every step counts. No step is wasted. So we can have this idea like, well, who am I? I'll never make it to... Z when I'm on step A, but step A to B is getting you closer to Z. So like take those steps, even if you're afraid, even if you don't see how they're connected, because they will connect. Our job is just to simply take those steps. I completely agree. All the steps that we thought were wrong, maybe we felt guilty about getting divorced, maybe, you know, I whatever decisions we thought may not have been the right ones. Um, as we're growing up, they all connected us to where we're supposed to be right now. When people talk to me about where they are right now, I, I say to them, and this is hard because I had to learn it myself, you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now because that's part of your journey, right? Yes. You know, what's so funny. I used to be so triggered by that statement. You're right where you're meant to be. Right. Because I interpreted it as like an excuse to be lackadaisical. I guess this is where I'm meant to be. Instead, I mean, you can turn anything for your empowerment or your detriment. That phrase is meant to empower, hopefully meant to empower you saying there's nowhere else you can be. So you might as well be where you fully are and trust this next step you're meant to take. If we try all the time to not be where we currently are, and we're trying so hard to escape our life, escape our situation without actually fully embodying this moment, We're never going to get where we want to go. I feel like we're just spinning our wheels. So once we surrender to where we are, it's in that surrender, we find the power to take the next step. The more we resist it, the more we're unable to move forward. So surrendering to where we are doesn't mean you stay there. It gives you the power to move forward. 
surrendering is hard. It's um, a, a place of vulnerability and none of us want to be there because again, it brings in the fear. So I want to ask you about judgment. Okay. Ooh. Judgment as a pastor. So you're breaking barriers. You're like 20 something, you're young, beautiful, vibrant, intelligent, a leader. What, what was the judgment like from the other women in your life? In becoming a pastor? Yes. Yeah. You know, in the church I was part of, they were this, my circles in my church were really supportive. They're the ones who called me out saying, okay. you understand like you're a leader, right? Like we want you to be a pastor here. And I was like, what? I can't be a pastor. I'm a woman. I, I'm a mother. And I've never been to seminary. It's like, we don't hold that against you here. And it's like, what? But I very intentionally like tuned out the noise of all the other churches I grew up in, all the other people I've been I was raised with. And that's been a really hard but intentional decision I've made over the years that served me as a pastor and it served me in my adult work is I I have to eliminate anyone who doesn't fully support me. And that's a really hard thing to do as a woman because we have been socialized to care about everyone's feelings above our own. So for me to prioritize my own feelings, prioritize my own well-being and be willing to release whoever I need to release is so hard but is, is the one thing that got me where I am today. Because as long as we're catering to everyone's feelings, opinions, and judgments, you will never become. You will stay right where you are. And I have, I have like this fear of like not actually fully self-actualizing, getting to the end of my life and looking back and living with regret that I didn't actually go after what I wanted to go after or do or be who I came here to be. So because I'm hyper aware of my end of life, it fuels my courage to do hard things like release anyone who doesn't fully support me and only be available for humans who do. That's a hard thing to do. I know that I've struggled with the same thing and to just leave out the noise of the judgment. And so we don't regret it. I agree with you. I, you know, I'm about 30 years older than you, I think. And maybe not 30, but close to 30 anyway. Um, and as I get closer and closer to being older, um, that I, I don't want to have any regrets either. And that is what pushes me and has always pushed me to move forward. And I think if the listeners can hear this right now that, you know, you're, you're where you're supposed to be right now, but don't get stuck there. Like think about what your end game is and as you and I have talked, Nicole, you may not know how to get there, right? You did not know how to get there. So the first thing you did was, okay, let's pick up and move from the Midwest, the cold, out to the West Coast, because that's where I can start clean. Nobody's going to judge me. And the reason for moving there was because why? Why did you want to move? Yeah, there were was, there was several reasons. Um, I've always been drawn to California since I was a teenager. No idea why. I'd never even been to California, but in my teens, I like craved it, applied to college out here, decided to not end up not going out here. And then as I met friends out here, I'd come visit them and fell in love. And I realized how much my context was holding me back. I was in a very um, unique environment that I just didn't have the values I had, right? In the Midwest where I lived, all the values were working really hard, um, sacrifice, 
struggle. We lived in a, a neighborhood of poverty. We were on food stamps. I would hear my kids talk about being poor and how that was starting to shape their identity. And I was like getting terrified as their mother who was like trying to build a wealth consciousness and seeing my children grow up with a, a poverty mindset was really um, alarming because I understand, we all understand our identity creates a reality. If you identify as a poor person, you're going to make decisions like a poor person. You're going to end up as a poor person. And obviously there's structural injustice at play here too that keep people poor. But I just wanted a clean state. I I wanted to be somewhere that felt like a match for me. Like I'm I'm a beach babe. I'm a summer babe. I wanted to be with the liberals because I I was a flaming liberal at this point. Um, and I wanted to remove my precious children from any people or environments that would hold them back from living their fullest truth. And I just felt like California is such a place of self-expression and freedom. But the joke is I moved to California and I'm like the wild liberal West. Like, I'm so excited. And then I had no idea that that Orange County is the most conservative county in all of California. And I moved smack dab in the middle of it. So this is the, the importance of inner work. You can run, but wherever you go, there you are. So even though I left the Midwest, I joke that the Midwest is still right here around me. I live in a super conservative area. There are still moments where, you know, moms will be like, let me see your Instagram account. We should be Instagram buddies. And I'm like, oh God, like <laughs> this is the moment that they are this either going to love me or hate me. Um, but even with a conservative area I live in, being in California has saved my soul. It unleashed me in ways I didn't even know I could be unleashed. And for that, I am deeply grateful that I trusted my gut instinct enough to make that terrifying leap to move out here. I'm sure it was really scary. And we all we always think that when we move, it is, a ter- it is terrifying um, to move someplace that is unknown to us, right? And you have three children. So to move out, three children going, okay, here we are. And not know what the future holds, but knowing deep inside, I know I'm moving here for a reason. Again, may not know, but I'm just going to trust my gut. And then finding out that you're in this conservative area, I'm sure you're doing just fine there, Nicole. But um, it's not, we can never run from who we are. Yes. It's, and I think you and I talked about that. You can't run from from the Midwest to California and think that nobody's going to see you. You are a woman who needs to be seen, who should be seen and wants to be seen in many, many ways. And we're going to get into that, but mindfully and soulfully, those were your first instincts. I, I'm going to run away. I'm just going to use that word loosely. I'm going to go someplace where nobody knows me so I can become my true self. Is that right? Yeah. I feel like it wasn't a running away from myself. It was the running right. to my truest self. And I yeah. love that because sometimes when people like us make big drastic decisions, like moving across the country, getting divorced, doing adult work, wearing less clothes, people can think like, you're crazy or you're, you're irresponsible or you're running away from something. And it's the exact opposite. Those of us who do things like that, we are running to our truth. We're running to the fullness of who we came here to be. And I have such respect for women who do that because it is terrifying and it's so easy to stay versus going for that risk. But as you know, as I know, the risk is so worth it. That is, I mean, I, we we cannot make this point any clearer that you're not running away. You're yeah. running to your truest 
self. And maybe California wasn't your truest self. So you might go someplace else. But again, you're not running away. You're just running to where you can become you. Yes. 100%. Yeah. So you're in California. What What's going? Is this where you decide that you are no longer a pastor, that you are how do you know what's what's going on in your head right now? You know, it's funny when you look back at your life and you there's these moments, there's these demarcations where everything changed. And I felt like my move to California did that in, in ways I knew it would and in ways I didn't know. It was after I moved to California that I felt led to start an OnlyFans, that I started doing nude modeling. I had done a little bit of lingerie before that, um, that everything in my business, my income, my life exploded for the better. And I don't think it would have happened in the Midwest, right? There was something about that leap that unleashed me. And in that unleashing of our true selves, I think is where the pleasure, purpose, and profit lie. And that's what I, that's why I love California. That's what it represents to me is this unleashing that led to my life taking off in the direction of my dreams. But when I, so I left the church in 2017, I moved to California in 2019. So there was about a two year um, deconstruction process, deconstructing, unlearning who I thought I was, what I was taught, what I was taught was okay, not okay, good, bad, right or wrong, reevaluating all those beliefs and asking myself, which of those beliefs are truly mine? And which of those beliefs were shoved onto me saying they should be yours? And so I, I felt like I just did a lot of unpacking and in that unpacking was a revealing. And that revealing was like, this is not my truest self. This, this is not the game I want to play. There has to be something better out there for me where I can bring my full self to the table. And I felt like California for me was that destination. And when I got here, I was like, I was like, I think I'll just like do a little bit of modeling. I used to model like 10 years ago. I'll just dabble. Cause I'm thinking, you know, I'm in my thirties at this point, I have three kids and I'm, I'm not the ideal model type. I just like to model. And my very first shoot out here just happened to be a full nude um, photo shoot. And I loved it. As I like dropped my clothes to the floor, I remember thinking, oh my God, this is what I was meant to do with my life. I had never felt more pure, more divine, more holy, more closer to God in that moment when literally everything was removed from between me and the divine. And I like, after that photo shoot ended, I got my car and I started bawling and I just, and I even got on, I did a live stream about how this, this shoot changed my life. It opened something up inside of me that had been there all along, but I'd stepped away. And it was after that moment that I started my OnlyFans I got, I got so many shoots booked after that. Once people saw the photos from that, I got booked from all over the U S and everything just took off from there. But it took that bold step of being willing to do something brand new. Right. And that grieving process, you said there was about that two years where you were reevaluating, evaluating. And I think that reminded me of like a grieving process of saying goodbye to oh my parts of who you are and embracing and welcoming again, your truest self, like, yes, I'm okay being me. I'm going to, you know, ignore the haters, ignore the judges. And we know how hard that is, but you are going to do it because we, we have to live our truest selves because otherwise we're so unhappy. I've, I've been there, you know, and it's, it's a roller coaster ride. It is. It's, it's a roller coaster 
with a beautiful destination. And I think that's what's made me so successful is I was willing to do the work. So you can run away from your life and throw yourself in a whole new life and hope it works out. But I very intentionally took those two years to figure out who I am and to build that solid foundation so that whatever I did end up building with my life on top of it would be sturdy, could hold and handle who I was going to become. And so for those of you who are listening, and if you're in that process, just in process, you're not yet where you want to be. And it can be so frustrating because you just want to get there and you want to get there now. There's something so beautiful and important about that process because we want to make sure you have cleared off the clutter. You've set a solid foundation so that when you do arrive on the other side, you can build anything as large and beautiful and big and breathtaking as you want because you took the time to go through your process. I absolutely agree, but it is could be painful and it does take time and it can't be rushed. Mm-hmm. So how did the whole, I mean, we have got about three minutes before the break, so we could we could get into this. Starting your OnlyFans page, you be you started there because you spoke about profit and purpose. So in starting the OnlyFans, was it first, I feel like for you, it was probably first a place you knew that you could express your truest self. Yes. You know what's so funny is I had been taking, my best friend actually had been taking nude photos of me for years. Every time I'd fly out to visit California, I'd take off my clothes and she'd take pictures of me. And I just like, it's something I'd always done, but I would always keep it on my phone to myself because you can't post that on Instagram or Facebook. And so I had them. And when I learned about OnlyFans, I was like, oh my gosh, I finally have a place where I can post these photos. I absolutely love and make money. Are you kidding me? So it felt like the perfect solution. And it's funny because I I would post those, I would have posted those photos on Instagram or Facebook for free. I was obsessed with them. But because Facebook and Instagram came up with their policy that they don't accept that, that policy is what made me a ton of profit because it funneled me over to a totally different platform where I could charge money. And that's where I've had six figure months, right? I've made a, a lot of money on my OnlyFans since being funneled over there. So it's funny how something that we see as a detriment, as a limitation, can actually be the launching pad to some of your wildest dreams coming true that you didn't even know about. Right. And just taking these pictures that meant something to you, you're looking at them and say, I look beautiful. I am a sexual being. I am sensual. I am, I'm beautiful. And they, and I'm good. Right. Right. And you're, you're doing this for yourself, but Hey, why not sell them? Why not make a profit on something you do well? It's like coaching. It's like doing anything that anybody else is selling. Why not? I mean, like it's it's genius. Like, and it's it's been great for you. I can't wait to dive into this more after the break. It's going to be so good. I know. We're going to take a quick break right now, and we will be back with Nicole Mitchell, and we are going to dive right into OnlyFans. Be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device. 
including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code PODCAST to get 25% off. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. Welcome back, everybody. I'm glad you stayed with me after the break. I am here with Nicole Mitchell, who has gone from pastor to stripper. She is one of OnlyFans' top creators, and she is kicking butt. She is living in her truest self. And I am just honored and thrilled that she's here to share her story. So welcome back, Nicole. Thank you. Um, Before the break, we were talking about the three P's that you talk about all the time, pleasure, profit, purpose. Let's get into that. Yes. So I am a big believer that what brings you the most pleasure is directly tied to your purpose and makes you the most profit. We often think they're all separate. My purpose is some holy divine purpose that makes me no money. Profit is only tied to doing things I don't love. It's a soul-sucking job. It's a mediocre life. And pleasure is just once in a blue moon. Maybe once in a while, my partner and I will have amazing sex or once in a while experience something incredible. But they're all separate. And they're, they're usually flipped. Our purpose doesn't make us profit. Our profit sucks out our purpose. And I'm bringing them all back together. And I teach my clients. They're all one in the same. 
Your purpose gets to bring you pleasure and profit. Your pleasure is your perfect pur- purpose and makes you profit. Your profit is part of your pleasure and purpose. Like there's no separation. And so when I can teach women this, they can then focus on what feels good to me. Like I feel like I'm helping women restore and return to their own pleasure. We have become experts at denying ourselves. We deny our own self-pleasure. We deny our own joy. We deny our own ease, our own joy, our own luxury, because there's always someone who needs something more than us. So we are quick to deny and sacrifice ourselves. Yeah, let's stop there for a second. Yes. Do you think that is a female thing that we deny I think ourselves those pleasures? Yes, 100%. I think it's a direct result of the patriarchy. Men have all the power. Men have a control. Men have their birthright as pleasure. They'll do whatever they have to do to women to get it from them, whether women are women want it or not. Like it is the direct result of our programming. And so when I can help women realize that their pleasure is important, their pleasure is good, that their pleasure can be trusted. And it's not something relegated to just one group of gender or one group of people, but it's for every single human. If you're queer, if you're female, if you're male, if you're um, non-binary, whatever you are, you deserve pleasure and you deserve it more than once in a blue moon. And so I help my clients turn pleasure into a way of life. I think that's just the key to life is why not do something that's pleasurable to you, to you and for you that gives you that purpose that creates a money-making opportunity for you. So many of us, you know, when I started out um, in, in being in the fitness industry, it was something working out, gave me pleasure. It still does. It gave me that purpose and I made money. Now, as I, you know, evolve even more at any age, we can continue to evolve I realize how important it is, as you know, to talk about sexuality and Mm -hmm. especially for women over 55. So I'm going after, you know, a 61 year old that so many women forget about the pleasure after 55. Now, that may not be your audience, but whoever your audience is, because I'm sure it's pretty vast, um, that every woman needs to know that they have control over their own pleasure. And if they're not getting it from a significant other or from a one night stand or from whoever, that they have the power to pleasure themselves. Yes. Like, okay. I'm obsessed about talking about sexuality for so many reasons. America is still so very stuck in their Puritan ways. We don't talk about it, much less encourage it, much less give like healthy ways to channel that sexuality. And I want women to know like, it's okay and it's safe and it's normal to be super sexual. We're raised in a society that says men are super sexual and like, Rob, want sex all the time and women just don't have high of a sex drive. That doesn't do either gender justice. I am a woman who has an incredibly high sex drive. I have been called insatiable before, right? I know men who have a very low sex drive. They feel like failures as men because of the way society says men should be. And then I felt like a weirdo of someone who wants to have sex every day, who could have sex multiple times a day, who wants hours long sex because women are taught to to deny themselves. And if you're like that, there's something wrong with you. And it was only once I could drop the judgment around my own sexuality, see it as good and embrace it. The holy smokes, my life got so much better. My day is filled with pleasure based on my sexuality and just based on saying yes 
to what I actually want to do in the day and saying no to things that I don't want to do. Like that was the first radical step in living a life filled with pleasure was letting my yes be yes and my no be no. As an addict, as a recovering people pleaser, right? As an addicted people pleaser for most of my life, if someone asked me to do something, even if I didn't want to do it with every fiber of my body, I would say yes. And so I had to learn to say, if it's not a hell, like a true hell yes for me, it's a hell no. And so I retrained myself to actually say no to anything that doesn't light me up. And it didn't make me irresponsible. It made me incredibly happy, pleasurable, right. profitable, purposeful. Yeah. Right. And, and the more um, successful we are at realizing that our pleasure is our purpose, which gives us profitability in our life. And it's not always, it's when we talk, when we're, we're talking about the money, the profitability, money, money brings us pleasure also in the way that we use it. So it, it, whatever, you know, security, whatever, you know, uh, private schools for your children, whatever it may be, the, um, the mindset that you want to give your children, whatever it is, it's very, very individual. So um, let's. How did you start realizing you started selling the pictures on OnlyFans? You realize, okay, I'm building a fan base here. This is really fun. I'm making money. I'm being sexual. I'm being my true self. Um, I'm empowering women. Um, I'm I'm helping couples. I'm turning couples on, right? So it's all good. It's all good in the world. So how did you get to photos to... Bring me along the journey. How did it develop? And you're now yeah. a top creator. Yes. So when I first started, I was really excited and equally terrified, right? Because I'm doing something I've been trained my whole life is horrible, wrong, evil, evil selfish, destroys evil, right. families, destroys society, and it's going to destroy you, right? Um, so I saw sex is bad, right? Sex yeah, is bad. Sexuality like, is bad. Right. Sensuality is bad. Um, creating sexual desire in someone else is bad. And no, that's true. Just yeah. like mon- just like almost everything in, th- in the world, it's neutral. Sexuality, money, fame, neutral. It's how you use it, right? Correct. You can use it for good. You can use it to harm. You can use it to help. You can use it to heal. Like, y- how do you use it? So when I started, I started very timid. I only did topless, and I was pretty shy. Um, and, I only, like, and people asked me for custom content right away. And I was like, what's custom content? Like I am, you know, cause I was just posting my favorite sexy photos. I was not at all, had no framework for the business side of what I was doing. Now I've like, it's been a little over two years, two years and three months I've been doing this. And I think it's part of why my fans join is because they're invited on a journey because they've seen me go from topless to implied to nude to erotic to explicit. And not because anyone's making me, not because I feel pressure, but because it's my own evolution. And they feel like they're being invited to this real life story that's unfolding before them. And it's so authentic. And I think that's why I do so well on there. So you can find porn anywhere. I don't consider myself, my stuff porn, even though it, technically classifies because I bring my whole self to it. You know, like I never, so I what's up, so porn. So I'm going to interrupt you right there. Cause I love it. So porn, would you say that there's no mind body connection? Whereas you feel that it's different for you. What's, what is the difference? 
Yeah, I can't speak for porn stars who, who are in the actual porn industry because I'm not, I mean, t- technically I, I make porn, um, but it's just different because I'm my own boss. I'm my own casting director. I'm my, my own agent. <laughs> like I call And you're the making shots. all the money, not I a man. The <laughs> There's not a man telling you what no. to do, how you should look, how you should moan. Yes. How you should be giving a blowjob or whatever it yes. is, right? It's is, just you. It's me. This is why I love. This is why I love platforms like OnlyFans because it gives us creators all the power. There's yes. no middleman. I love There's that. no settling for scraps. I chart. I decide my prices. I decide my hours. I decide what I'm comfortable with. And that's why I think. I think the world is hungry for that kind of sexuality because porn is so. It's so traditional, and we're used to that. But when you go to some, like say, an OnlyFans creator account. Every creator is so different. We have our own boundaries, our own preferences, our own limits, our own fetishes, our own kinks. So you're getting someone who's authentically doing what they love to do and not just because some it's director that, told this right. is what you should do for the movie. Like and this, this and is it, porn, right. Again, I never want to put down porn stars. I'm friends with porn stars. They love their job. It's just different platforms. It's a different right. way to go about it. I love being in control of the whole aspect. And so I've been on this journey of like only showing authentic truth. So even when I make sex content, I've told them I will never in a million years fake an orgasm because too many, too many women already do. I personally was never given my first orgasm until just over a year ago. Like when I had that first orgasm, like I can give myself a million orgasms, but someone else gave me my first orgasm just over a year ago. And when it happened, I bawled. Right. I because I thought I was broken because no one could get me to orgasm and no one was patient enough. No one actually wanted to learn my body. And I was so stuck in my head that that moment was so incredibly healing that I've made a vow to my OnlyFans. I will never fake anything. And so many people who subscribe to OnlyFans accounts are hungry because when you go to porn, you can't tell if a woman is actually having an orgasm or not. When you watch me, you see my whole chest get flushed, my face get flushed. Like it's so real and they love that. They want the realness, not just the performance. And I feel like that's my specialty. Everything is real. Everything's authentic. Everything is based on my boundaries and they are so supportive of that. Do you talk to them before you do something or is it you go right into it? How does it vary your, the, your content? Yes. So I, um, so I post on my, on my OnlyFans account every day, um, photos or videos every single day. So I have like thousands of photos and videos on there. Um, and then I sell, I sell my explicit stuff, like super explicit in the DMs once a week. Um, and then they can request custom content. Nicole, would you make this video? And this is one of my favorite things in the world. Because so many of us live in fear of our own kinks and fetishes and desires because they're bad, they're gross, this is weird, this is weird, probably, someone's probably made fun of it in the past. So to bring up your deepest desire, which is very intimate, very vulnerable to a stranger on the right. internet, I could like destroy them with that. I can ridicule, ridicule them, mock them. But instead, I see it as like such a gift. They would share something so intimate with me that I'm like, I feel honored. And if it's a request I don't feel comfortable with, right? I'm very respectful. I say, hey, thank you so much for asking me. I don't feel comfortable making that content at this time. Is there something else I can make you? Every single time the fan has said, no problem. Thank you so much for considering it. What about this angle? We always find the win-win. And I think that's why they love it. Because I'm never like, sure, I'll do that, even though I don't feel right about it. I'm very truthful. And they love that. 
And I, and I think that that's where you are just so focused on being your truest self is that you're not going to fake an orgasm. You're not going Mm -hmm. to fake a fetish that doesn't turn you on. And I think so many people listening, men and women, um, should really dive deep into what, what turns them on and be unapologetic about it because, you know, it brings you so much joy, right? You've got to do what turns you on. And, uh, I hope the the people listening right now have had orgasms that have made them cry because I have because it's just so powerful. And by the way, having lots of great sex is going to make you feel younger, look younger, be younger. You just trust me. It happens. And without it, you can find that person because I think we live in a lot of fear. We've had enough history and experiences where we've not been given orgasms or we've not like we can't find our match. I want to encourage people that your sexual compatibility partner exists. So don't give up. And in the meantime, if you can't find someone in the flesh, this is where finding like an OnlyFans creator who can at least create content that turns you on that they authentically want to create can fill that gap. I can't tell you how many fans I have who said, I had just given up on dating because I just could not find like the woman I was looking for, who's intelligent, who's sexy, who's successful, who's confident, who's vulnerable. And then I find you and I'm like, you're exactly what I'm looking for. And so right now I get to fill this very deep desire of theirs while they still get to date, but they take the pressure off of finding that perfect person right now, because there's other ways of getting that fulfilled. And so funny, I don't know if you've seen this on my stories, Jody, but I learned a recent and newly discovered kink of mine is I love when couples get off to my content. It is my favorite thing. So when I have many couples who subscribe to my account, I have many women who subscribe to my account. I've had women like up to their 60s say, I share this content with my partner or my boyfriend and we have the hottest sex together. And I like, I just melt. I just die. I feel so honored. Right. I mean, that's really, I mean, you can be used in different ways. When I say used, your purpose is helping other people in different ways. So if it's, you know, a woman getting off by what you're doing alone or with your partner or whoever it is, um, I think that what women think, again, we've talked about this is that it's bad to watch porn. It's bad to go to OnlyFans. OnlyFans is a bad thing where what you're doing and you've got to find the right person. Like you're saying, you've got to find the right partner. Um, There's nothing bad and you should feel empowered that you're you're going to find, you're searching for something because there's something missing in you. So embrace that and be unapologetic about it. It's always a good thing. It it baffles me that we still think, think, like we think we have the ability to tell other couples what's good or bad for them or other individuals. No one, no one knows except for that couple, except for the individual, what's good for them, what turns them on. Like I went to a, my first straight strip club last week. I've gone to many queer strip clubs. Queer, queer strip clubs are more of my things. I'm queer, but I went to my first straight one and I, my favorite were the couples. The couples are sitting there and the women are throwing the money, the dancers, the, their male partners are throwing money. And they're like giggling and snuggling and kissing as they're having this experience. And it was the most beautiful thing. And I wrote about my OnlyFans. I'm like, you guys, I had the most incredible time at the strip club. I spent hundreds of dollars. I'm like throwing so much money at the women because I just think women are hot. And I'm like, they're working so hard. I respect women who live unleashed. And I was like, what are your stories from the strip club? And one of my fans wrote, 
that he used to work with a guy where he and his wife went to the strip club every week and they brought them homemade cookies every week for all the dancers. And I'm just like, where are those stories? Right. right? We don't ever talk about like the beauty and the connections and the relationship and the intimacy that is fostered in these sexual ways. And that's part of why I love what I do. I feel like I'm reclaiming sexuality and making it good again, pleasurable again, safe again for you to enjoy as an individual and for you guys as a couple or a thruple or quad, whatever to enjoy every, because you, your pleasure is unique to you. Let yourself experience it in a way that fulfills you. So what's the backlash been? Any? Ooh, I love that. (laughs) Okay. So I'm on the same page as you like empowerment. I think women who don't understand this and judge are women who have not accepted the fact that they can be pleasured either by themselves or with somebody else or watch you or watch somebody else help them be pleasured. So yeah. So what's the backlash? I love this women for who are listening. I have so many women who subscribe to my page, my only fans, because I just want to see what it is I actually do. And I can't say how many women it's given permission to define their version of that. Maybe they don't want to create their own OnlyFans, but seeing a woman do her thing her way unleashes in them the ability to do their thing their way. So there's no judgment in exploring and trying different things because it's gonna you're going to take what works for you and leave what doesn't. I only got where I am today because I was willing to see what other women were doing. I would follow one new OnlyFans creator every month just to see what they're doing. How do they run it? Are they aligned with their values? How are they treated by their fans? You know, to help me feel confident about what I was called to do. But to answer your question about the backlash, I, I, the truth of the matter is I've had to do a lot of releasing. I've had to release a lot of my closest friends and family members because I am not who they thought I should be. Um, and I understand should be. because should be. yes, because they raised me in a very I was and I was raised in a very conservative environment, so they have a very specific standard for women. And when I once I broke outside of that, it makes sense that they can't be with me because they have a very they have their worldview, and it's always so painful to lose anyone we love, but it's also painful to not live your truth. And I chose the I was willing to choose the heart I wanted. I wanted the heart of following my truth versus the heart of swallowing my truth. And it's been so worth it because now the people who are in my life, oh, Jody, and I'm sure you know this, you have it too. Like they are my biggest cheerleaders, my big, biggest advocates. They're like, girl, I saw your photo. You are so hot. I love what you posted there. Girl, you should sell this. This is going to make you even more money. Like they're always brainstorming ways for me to crush it even more. And I'm like, I am so glad I was willing to do the really scary thing of releasing my old friends and family because the family and friends I have now are so worth it. It's the kind of family and friends we should all have. You've done a lot of work. I mean, you've yeah. been a busy girl. I mean, working on on things from your past, working on what you're producing now. I've I've heard from people that why would you, you know, do something like this and then sell your stuff? And my mm-hmm. feeling is because I can. Because why not? Right. Because I can. I remember when I, right. When I started competing in fitness shows, um, one of my friends said to me, I don't understand why at 48 years old, you want to get in a bikini on stage and show off your body. And it was because I can, and I will. 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm like, just because you don't understand why someone else does it doesn't mean you don't have to do it. I always Correct. tell people, you, not everyone should, you don't all have to be an OnlyFans creator. I highly recommend it, but you don't have <laughs> to be it. Like, do you, boo? If it lights you up, do it. If it doesn't light you up, don't do it. But don't judge another one. Please, women, let us be better to each other in this. I don't know. judge another woman. Don't tear her down because we all know what it's like as a woman to try to not just survive, but thrive in, in a patriarchal society. The last thing we should do is become part of that stumbling block for our sister. And so we should be like, girl, go. You do you. I see that this lights you up. And even though it's not something I personally do, I am so happy for you. If we treated each other that way, we would be so much further along in our journey in this world. Nicole, you just gave me goosebumps. I want to cry because that is so true. We need to be here for other women. We can't keep stopping them from living in their truest life and boo being boo. Yes. Otherwise, again, as I said at the beginning of the show, like, what are we here for? If we are not being fearlessly authentic, if we are not living our truest life, if we are not saying goodbye to fear, getting rid of the judgment, moving on. And so with that said, what does it mean to you to be living a fearlessly authentic life? Yes. I, I love that because I, we have this one shot. Maybe we, we're reincarnated. Maybe free stinks will work and bring us back. I don't know. But like right now, my understanding is we have this one life. This one life is so precious and it goes so fast. And I'm the kind of person who wants to squeeze out of it every last drop of pleasure and connection and authenticity and profit and purpose. Like I, I want to get to the end of my life and be like, I milked my life for all it's worth. I did everything I ever wanted to do. And I feel so happy and grateful. So for me, at the end of the day, it is being the fullest expression of who I am, doing what I want, wearing what I want, saying what I want, not asking for permission, not explaining myself afterwards. That is the def- definition of living fearlessly authentic and being a total free woman. It's beautiful. I wish everybody could live their life that way. They should. They should. Otherwise, it's a waste. It's so how can, how can fans find you on OnlyFans and on Instagram? Yes. If you go to NicoleMitchell.com, my name is spelled with a K and I K O L E. It has all my links, OnlyFans, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. They're all there. I am the most active outside of OnlyFans on Instagram and Facebook. Come say hi, but yeah, don't be shy to sign up for my OnlyFans. It's a great place to just feel into um, different options for you. And it's a beautiful, beautiful community. Well, you are beautiful, stunning, smart, and I I know that everybody's learned so much from what you've had to say today. I love talking to you. I think you are a vision of strength Mm -hmm. and courage and just keep doing what you're doing. You inspire me. We've had many conversations and um, I just adore you and just really happy for all the success and happiness you have in your life. I love you, Jody. Thank you. I'm so honored to know you. Thank you for having me on this, this interview. I'm so excited to see us create even more magic in the future. Me too. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next week, go be fearlessly authentic. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. 
please listen again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.